Hello, good evening, and welcome to the Bundesliga show brought to you by Over the Bar with your hosts, myself, Rory Petrie, and Mark Broadhurst. Uh, welcome, sit back if you're tuning in and enjoy the show, which is going to be a brilliant show because today, this weekend, the Bundesliga has truly arrived in an absolute fantastic weekend's worth of football. Uh, goals galore, dodgy defending, the lot. Um, topped off with a wonder goal um, this evening, Sunday, as we're recording, uh, which is absolutely amazing. Before we get into the details, just as always, go through our little bits of admin. So please, if you're watching on YouTube, give us a subscribe, hit that big red button. That really helps us out. Click the bell icon so you don't miss a thing either. If you're listening on an audio platform, also drop us a subscribe. Um, and leave us a rating and review. Thank you very much indeed. Um, so before we go to Mark for the anagram segment, um, this week we've uh, we've been working, beavering away in the background and coming up some new names for our fresh content that we always do for you. So I'm going to hand over to Mark for Mark's newly named segment, Mark's Mystery Anagrams. So Mark, New, uh, you've newly named content. What have you got for us this week? Yes, indeed. So, if you guys remember, uh, last week's Mark's mystery anagram was, as you can see on the bottom of your screen now, it was Ramble Craziest. So, remember, guys, as I always tell you, the for the new viewers, which we are getting more and more of every week. Um, Ramble Craziest. It has to be something related to a manager a player or a team from the Bundesliga. Remember, it has to be number one Bundesliga related. So, yeah, so last week, actually, nobody got it correct. So, come on, guys, you've really got to up your game. We The last few we've had correct, but this week, no, absolutely nobody got it right. So, come on, guys. Next week, we really, really want you to get it correct. But it was actually quite a difficult one, to be honest, this week. Quite a typical Germanic name. So maybe that confused a few people this time. So, yeah, it was, as you can see at the bottom of your screen, it was the excellent Leipzig playmaker, Marcel Sabitzer. So, yeah, he actually scored as well this week. So maybe it was a he good did. omen or something for them. Yeah, <laughs> he did. He got, he got the penalty uh, in the Leipzig game, which we'll talk about a bit later. So, yeah, so let's uh, move on to Mark's new mystery anagram, which, as you can see at the bottom of your screen now, is Race Rooms. So remember, guys, if you are listening on our brand new podcast as well, which you can check out on Spotify and on Apple, uh, just take your pen now because you can do it for interest at home. It's Race, R-A-C-E rooms r o o m s so race rooms it has to be something related to the bundesliga a player a manager or a club get commenting in our comment section and get involved with us we love interacting with you guys so please uh, get involved with that so that ends uh, our first mark's mystery anagram under the new name 
And now we are going to swiftly move on to all of the correct, the, the final results of this brilliant, fantastic Bundesliga weekend. This is exactly why we love the Bundesliga. This is why we tune in every week to watch this great league. And as you can see on the bottom of your screens now, you can see the correct results as well. Yeah, so let me just go through those results. So on Friday night, we had a pretty, probably the worst game of the week, in all honesty. We had a one-all draw, Werder Bremen versus FC Cologne. Another one-all draw on a Friday night. It seems as though if, if any of you guys are betting men, you need to back the one-all draw on the Friday night games. Yeah. <laughs> Moving on to our uh, Saturday kickoffs, we had Augsburg nil, Hertha Berlin three. Good win for Hertha there. And then an entertaining two-all draw between Mainz and Schalke 04. The first point for Mainz this season. We had a Leipzig 3, Freiburg 0 as well. A comfortable home win there. Then we had a brilliant 5-0 win for Union Berlin at home to faltering Bielefeld. Then we had another really, really entertaining game. Two-all between Stuttgart and Frankfurt. One of the games of the weekend in my eyes. Then we had Der Classica, the first Der Classica of the season, and it didn't disappoint at all with a brilliant 3-2 win for FC Bayern Munich away in Dortmund. So a brilliant statement win for them. Then moving on, we also are onto the, the uh, Sunday games, another two really entertaining games, which ended Wolfsburg 2, Hoffenheim 1 in the early kickoff. The first, actually, no, the second uh, Sunday Wolfsburg win and the second 2-1 home win as well for them this season. And then another, probably the second biggest game of the weekend, another big five. I think we can call it the big five now in Germany. Another encounter between two of Germany's kind of big five names. They did in a brilliant 4-3 win for Leverkusen, a topsy-turvy battle at home against Borussia Mönchengladbach. So that tops our fantastic weekend Bundesliga action this weekend. Good stuff. Yeah. Um, so we'll go straight into it in a moment's time. Uh, and what we'll be doing is we'll be going into the newly named OTBs. So obviously it sounds like over the bar. Uh, OTBs featured four. Uh, so this is the part where we concentrate on four games uh, from the weekend. It's been ridiculously hard to choose this weekend such a selling point this weekend from the Bundesliga. Every game, absolutely spot on. Uh, it could have been a featured nine, but we haven't had. We've had to make our decision. So we're going to start, of course, uh, with the Klassiker, uh, the game that finished three two. Um, Mark, do you want to set us off on a on a bit of a tangent then with this game? What What are your thoughts and feelings uh, with this particular the Klassiker game? Yeah, I mean, in many ways, as good as a game it was, in some ways it was kind of predictable, I guess. I mean, obviously Dortmund getting 1-0 ahead, which they so often do in these kind of big games, you know. But then, I mean, no less than two minutes later, Bayern are already level from a deflected free kick. I mean, again, it's just could uh, Hummels have pre prevented it on the line? It did take a little nick, but maybe he could have prevented it. I mean, it wasn't going at the fastest speed, I guess, but I guess it's easier said than done for us here in our living rooms, you know. <laughs> then, obviously, an unbelievable header again from, in my eyes, the best player in the world, Lewandowski, as soon as that second half. So from 41 minutes, you've gone from Dortmund 1-0 to 48 minutes, you've gone to 2-1 behind, you know. I mean, in many ways, this just sums up the last couple of years from both of these clubs, doesn't it, really? I mean, 
Dortmund so classy going forward, but they just cannot keep teams out, especially the better teams, you know. And I think obviously Bayern character in abundance, you know, you've just got no limit of character and quality in that side. And then obviously Sane, he's been a little bit quiet really, hasn't he, since he joined. I mean, obviously he was the big summer signing, but with a really, really a classic Sane goal really to kind of finish the game off. Obviously Haaland with a decent finish to make it 3-2 with his first De Classica goal, by the way. But I mean, ultimately it was Bayern's day. Yeah. Yeah, very much so. I mean, obviously when you look at look at the facts, um, it's a fantastic statement win for Bayern. Um and is I think Goretzka said after the game, it, it's more than just three points. It's, it's more than just a win. Um, these games, obviously, by by name and by title, huge games between the, the two rivals are often going for the Bundesliga title. And going away, naturally, without fans is, a, is obviously a difference. But going away to Dortmund and winning is a huge thing um, for this team, especially losing, obviously, who is a, a leader for them at the moment by in, in, in the shape of Kimmich to injury. And <laughs> he basically did it trying to hurt someone else when he was start stopping the counter-attack, I think. So, I mean, he, he's taken one for the team massively there. Um, but they're just able to recover, bring on quality. Um, and obviously, it's fantastic to watch both teams going forward. It's just electric. Um, obviously, from from Bayern's point of view, you've got Lewandowski, the world class striker, and then it's just accompanied by this plethora of talent around him. Obviously, Sane's come on and made a difference, and you think killed the game at three one. Then Dortmund come back with a fantastic response. I think it was Guerrero whose whose ball it was through to Haaland. That's a fantastic ball that um, to make it three two, um, and then Haaland's being. Quite self-critical, I thought, in the the press match conference afterwards, saying that he needs to be more clinical, he needs to score more goals. I thought it wasn't his best game because he did he did miss a few chances, and that's quite unlike him. Um, so yeah, it, it's one of those ones where it's, it's an absolute classic. If you're a Dortmund fan, you come in a way absolutely gutted, but your team, you know, put up a fantastic fight and fantastic game. But it's just one of those ones where you just feel. But, you know, Bayern have done it again, and it's just one of those ones. On they they go on their merry way, and they'll be feeling very very confident now, won't they? Yeah, I think it certainly wasn't a bad performance from Dortmund by no means. As you say, I think in the first half they probably had the better of it. You know, as you say, Haaland missed a couple of chances at nil nil. They eventually get a really good goal from Royce, but then it's just you see this is where titles are decided on you know this is where like when you get that one nil you've got you've got to be going in a one nil up you know because then obviously buying them they have the team talk ripped into pieces they have to chase the game which i don't think would have really phased them to be honest given what they've won in the last few years they are the best team in europe in my eyes by perhaps a distance at the minute really i don't think yeah. they'd have been two phased but i mean as dortmund you've got to be going in half time leading in that situation and it's just I mean, I think I agree with you, Rory, that I think Dortmund played well in general. I don't think it was a poor yeah. performance, but it's, in my eyes, football is decided on these moments. You know, this is this is yeah. how tight one. It's like you've got to show that little bit of mental strength to get in there at half time. This is how you, you beat teams like Bayern, you know, and to, to concede literally like a minute or two later. It's just yeah. 
it's poor, really. You know, it's just, and it was a scrappy goal, really, to concede, as I say, free kick, deflective free kick on the edge of the box. But I mean, I thoroughly enjoyed the game. I mean, I always love watching these two teams play. I mm-hmm. think, can you really find two more entertaining sides in Europe, really? I, I would add Leipzig yeah. in there as well. I mean, obviously, as big fans of the Bundesliga, we're really lucky to have so many entertaining sides in the Bundesliga, you know? It's uh, it's one of my favourite things that the teams, they just attack, attack. They, they don't know how to sit on a lead, really, in this league. The top teams, I don't think. Yeah, definitely. I think, obviously, from from a selling point of view, if you're not a massive Bundesliga fan and you're just tuning in and you've seen all these goals this weekend, that is what it is like every weekend, give or take. Obviously, there's not been a huge selling point if you're a defender and you're a fan of nil-nils. That's probably not not what you're going to see much in the Bundesliga because there are certainly some questionable defending across the 18 teams this weekend. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's an absolute delight to see the, these talented players doing their thing and obviously we want to see a really competitive title race as much as we want to see a competitive battle against relegation and everything battle for European spots as well and I think we don't want to jump the gun too early and say you know that that's that's it Bayern are now going to cruise cruise to the title because I, I think that's far from the case um, certainly Dortmund will want to be in the argument and RB playing really good football as well. So I think it's definitely too early to say that Bayern is going to walk it. Um, there's lots of football to be played. There's lots of commitments from, from the European side of things. Um, so I think the title race is still wide open. And those sort of games that we've just seen this this weekend from the Classica just go to, go to show that Bayern aren't invincible by any stretch. Teams can get at them. Um, it's, it's kind of amazing to think how Hoffenheim you know, caught them cold and now they've been struggling somewhat, but also we'll talk about Hoffenheim a little bit later on. Um, so there's certainly there's certainly ways of doing it, but right now buying into their football, playing so well, um, are looking pretty ominous at the moment. But what a fantastic game of football it was. Yeah, definitely. I think I totally agree with you on the point when you say that I think a lot of neutrals now they'll be saying, yeah, it's Bayern's title after seven games. But I think I, I do think over the last few years that the Bundesliga has been gradually improving in quality year on year. And I think I think we've had a couple of our guests have touched on it the last few weeks. It is in some ways it's a pity that Bayern are just so good, really, because I think mm-hmm. otherwise we would literally have five teams that could all win the league this year. I really do. From what I've seen so far watching a lot of Bundesliga football. I, I do think there's five real top sides in this league, and these are two of them. We've seen it in Europe as well. I mean, you, you only have to look at the results in Europe. Obviously, we'll talk more about that in our special show, which we'll talk about more later. But, I mean, it's been a great first three rounds for Bundesliga teams in Europe, you know, and I'm just really looking forward to the rest of the season. Okay. So, let's move on to our second Bundesliga uh, featured game. And, I mean, this was arguably an even better game in some ways. Again, between two of Bundesliga's big five, if you want to call them that. And it was Leverkusen four, Borussia Mönchengladbach three. I mean, what a topsy-turvy game. I mean, this is what the Bundesliga is all about, isn't it? I mean, the defending, as you said, I mean... I think some of the if you want to if you Jamie Carragher then you don't want to watch this game you know at all. <laughs> but I mean for an entertainment point of view I mean this is what I want to see when I check in for a football game I want to see goals incident I mean this game had it all didn't it Rory 
Yeah, it was completely topsy turvy. It's genuinely hard to keep keep up with, really. Um, <laughs> scrambling around trying to make some notes about the game. There's been another goal already. It was it was, <laughs> it was amazing, really. Um, and obviously the start that Gladbach made, they you know they kind of got themselves out in front and last in though obviously evergreen getting getting a couple of goals for himself there um but then obviously buying uh sorry leverkusen have just started to hit form themselves they've been scoring goals um quite freely recently so then we we move on to the to the ever well to the hot hot striker in the league you know up there with harland harland and lewandowski is alario who then curls in an absolute worldie of a goal to make it I think that so that's to make it 2-1 um and um so then we're obviously looking at the game starting to become a, a little bit more level um and then it yeah it was just in, an impossible game to keep in in touch with obviously Leverkusen started to gain a bit more momentum after that and then um Alario obviously pops up himself to head in uh, to make it 2-2. And then again, the game's turned. Obviously, there's a bit more momentum coming for uh, for the home side. And then um, Leon, obviously, Leon Bailey then turns up and, and scores his first goal of the season. And he he had a really good game. He was really exciting, uh, really good on the front foot um, for Leverkusen. And, and just before, obviously, that happened, Gladbach had a massive, massive chance as well. I mean... There were so many of them. I think at two nil or or at two one, Gladbach had a real good chance where um, they they struck the bar from about eight yards out. Um, there was literally anything and everything could have happened in that game. And then of course it goes to four two, and you're kind of thinking, right, Leverkusen just going to wrap up a, a obviously a really important victory, which pushes them back up into the you know the top four, and they're looking to. So obviously really uh, improve on, on how they started the season. And then the last goal of the game, uh, I mean, where has that come from? From Lazaro, just the innocuous ball played in and then he back heel volleys it in into the net. Like that is a, it's up there with the, say the goals that you've seen from like Giroud and other players like that in recent years gone by. I think Mkhitaryan did one as well, um, not so long ago, but what a goal that was. I mean, I don't know if he means it or not, but fair play to him. And it's, and they come, I think they had a couple of corners just after that, potentially to, to try and get a level of, but they ultimately couldn't. Um, again, both sets of fans have got to be very proud of the performance their teams have put in. Um, another massive selling point for the league. Um, it's fi Finally, a, a Sunday game has delivered. Um, Phil, I've been waiting for that for a little while in terms of the Bundesliga scheduling. Got this one absolutely bang on because, yeah, it was two teams in really good form because obviously Gladbach absolutely destroyed Shakhtar uh, during the week, scoring lots of goals. Um, I thought it was quite interesting to see Plie on the bench after his his hat-trick during midweek. Like, he was obviously on a hot run of form. But they've got, you know, they've got Brian Bolo and then obviously Chiram to fit in with Stindl, who's, you know, the kind of the glue. So... Yeah, I, I mean, I'm exhausted just talking about the game, let alone the players are playing in it. Absolutely fantastic, fantastic game. 
Yeah, I mean, you've got to remember also that you mentioned the, the European games, Leverkusen, they played away in Israel on Thursday night. You know, that's mm. a four-hour flight, I think, you know. Yeah. And it's, they, they had a late evening kickoff in Israel, and they come back and put in a performance, and they went with a strong side as well, not a completely full side. But, mm -hmm. I mean, what a performance, really. I mean, we always expect from Peter Boss' side that they're going to score a lot of goals, but I think we, all, we both criticised them a little bit early on that they were lacking a little bit of flair in the first few games. But mm -hmm. I mean, four wins in a row now, and boy, they're, they're scoring goals left, right and centre. And it's just, it's great to see, really. I've always, I think I mentioned earlier in, in my predictions before the season, that I thought they'd come second, Leverkusen. And I think after the first three games, people were probably thinking, what? You know, they're nowhere near a second place side. But I mean, this is the kind of Leverkusen that I expect. You know, we saw it a lot at the back end of last season as well. I mean, defensively, despite having a solid defender in Jonathan Tarr, they're not the strongest defensively, to be honest. I mean, they do concede goals, but they, they have mm -hmm. the mentality that we're going to score more goals than you, I think. I mean, this is the second week in a row they've scored four goals, and also the second week in a row they've come from behind as well. They conceded yeah. their first goal in both of those games. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, it's yeah, a great they, performance. It's a great run. Yeah. Yeah, they certainly obviously have this mentality at the moment that they never feel out of a game. Um, they're, obviously they're scoring freely. They've now got a striker who's really settling into his role. Um, I think that what that's his sixth sixth goal, which draws him level with Kramerich, I think, on six goals, as well as Haaland, perhaps. Um, so that's obviously they've now kind of got that focal point in terms of um, in terms of a striker, and then they've got a lot of pace uh, outside of that. So so they're starting to really settle into their football, and they're looking looking really good going forward. Uh, for Gladbach, I wouldn't say it's a massive disaster. Obviously, they've scored three three goals, and uh, naturally they'll be disappointed to have conceded four. But it was one of those big games. Obviously, they you know they come away pointless, which is obviously very harsh in this circumstance. I think they might have dropped uh, the odd place in, in the table, but the way they're playing, they're, they're such an exciting uh, side to watch as well. I've got no reservations or worries about them picking up form again uh, after the international break, and I'm sure they'll be well-rested and, and will come back strong. So, yeah, fantastic from both teams. Absolutely, absolute pleasure to watch the game. Yeah, I think it's an interesting point. Gladbach also, I mean, they're another side who play in a similar way, really. You know, very, very attacking side. Great to watch. They score goals everywhere, don't they, really? Like, even when they concede goals, as you say, in the Champions League, like, just a brilliant side to watch at the minute. They've got quality all across that front line and in the midfield. It's, it's a good team. And as you say, I don't think their fans will be... They'll be gutted because it's a derby game as well. Both of those sides are pretty close by in the northwest yeah. of Germany. But I still think, I mean, they've got to accept that this is a quality Leverkusen side with quality all over the midfield and the front line as well. So, yeah, so let's move on to the third game, which was another classic, really. I mean, a classic more in the, not so much a quality classic, but more of an entertaining game considering what was lying on it, really which yeah. was indeed Mainz 2, Schalke 2. Obviously, Mainz picking up their first point after six straight defeats. I think we mentioned last week that they really needed to stop the rot and they needed a point, even if it was just a home point against a struggling team. And that's exactly what they got this week. I mean, obviously, two penalties getting the goals. To be honest, I think both of the decisions were correct. Again, good refereeing mostly in the Bundesliga. We mentioned it last week. I mean, I can't fault any of the decisions, despite some 
questionable. What some people might, if you look at that game and you see it on the score sheet, you'll think, oh God, there's some dodgy decisions going on there. But no, I think they were all correct from what I saw. I think obviously mine's so close to getting the win, but then a really, really scrappy equaliser in the last 10 minutes. Like that's just classic minds in many ways, isn't it? I mean, it's uh, Schalke, I would say they didn't deserve a point. They did create chances during the game. I mean, there's no question, but I think it was a case of minds having maybe seven or eight good chances and Schalke having maybe four or five good chances. But I think... Um, I think really mine should have got the three points and it should have been another defeat for Schalke. But I mean, Rory, would you say like both sides would be happy or who will be the happiest with that point? Well, I mean, who will be the happiest? Probably Schalke, as you mentioned it. Uh, based on the the flow of the game, it's it seen that mines probably deserve to take the three points. Um, they'll, they'll naturally again be gutted because they've turned up um, scored two goals again. Obviously, they've been scoring a couple of goals in in the last couple of rounds as well. So they're starting to get on a bit of a roll with that. Mateta's now got a couple. You know, he's got another goal. So he's you know he's doing his best up top. Um, the problem is, is that when you're two one up and it's a close game, retaking the lead via the penalty from Mateta, and then obviously there's two one on one chances that are both missed. One by Mateta himself. Um, naturally if you go on and get that second goal it's huge like for against a team like Schalke who are struggling themselves then the like their mentality be like oh we can't get we can't get two goals back but as long as you're still in the game minutes to go there's always a chance isn't there no, no matter who you're playing against you know you can throw bodies in into the box and whatnot and so Schalke have obviously managed to get themselves what could be a crucial point um the the table certainly would have been even more condensed if Mines had got that win. Um, and now it's kind of starting to emerge that there's a bit of a, you know, say a bottom five at the moment that we're starting to see who are, who are seemingly struggling right now anyway. Um, so, yeah, Mines will be absolutely gutted because this was, this was a big game for them, uh, especially at home. Schalke obviously have been struggling and they, they, they themselves did create chances. Obviously, Utz managed to get himself... Uh, a goal and he's missed chances as well so it was one of those games where either both sides are desperate for that first win of course and the problem is is that even even with mines taking the lead their mentality wouldn't have been very strong they would always be worried about conceding that goal and, and lo and behold it's happened so the point's more useful for Schalke as they've got a couple more on the board already mines themselves obviously They've got to think about it positively. They've been scoring goals in the last few games. They've now got themselves on the board, like we said last week, scrappy draw. If it has to be, get yourselves on the board and get a bit of positivity around the club. Um, so fair play to them. They're on the board now. Hopefully they can go on and get that first big win, much like Schalke, because we don't want to see both of these clubs too far adrift at the bottom of the table early on. So was an interesting game to watch. Um and hopefully both teams can take it forward as a positive into their games after the international break. Yeah, to be honest, I do actually, I see more quality in Mainz and Schalke. Having watched that game, I definitely think there's more quality in the Mainz side. But it's just they can see goals left, right, centre and from underneath, from above, from everywhere. Do you know what I mean? It's like, yeah, yeah. I mean, defensively, I mean... 
I don't even know what to say about them, to be honest, at times. But I do think, like, let's focus a little bit positive on Mainz this week. And I do think there is quality up top. I mean, they do create chances. As you say, after the first three games, were just a, which were just a disaster, they do they have been creating chances and scoring goals in the last few weeks, definitely. And I think yeah. there is enough in there. Because as you mentioned, it is like a bottom five now. It seems as though Bielefeld are getting worse by the week. Obviously, they were expected to struggle. We'll come on to their game a bit later. Cologne are another side that just can't get that first win. You know, I mean, that's three teams still after seven games that haven't picked up the first win. So I think mm-hmm. Mainz will be looking at that and they'll be thinking, you know, we're a better side than Schalke. I think they are. And yeah. every week that goes by, I'm getting worried sick for Schalke, really. I mean, they must be looking at this. I mean, let's be honest, it was another poor performance, really, against a side that they should have. I mean, I was tipping them to win. I, I tipped it to a few people that Schalke were going to finally get that win this week. But it's 23 games now. It's 23 Bundesliga games with no win for Schalke. I mean, and I don't really see it. Even although it's a draw away from home, I don't really think there's that many positives in terms of the performance it can take away, to be honest. Because, I mean, if you can't beat Mainz on the form that they're in, then who are you going to beat in the Bundesliga, you know? Yeah, so. yeah, it's very tricky. Um, so, like the the state that obviously they're in at the moment, they are obviously very much in free fall. Um, obviously, this form since since we've come out of lockdown and, and been able to play football again in the Bundesliga, it's you know obviously they're fortunate that they had points on the board already last season, or else they may have already been relegated. Um, so Schalke fans around the world, of course, be well, well worried and, and probably rightly so at the moment. But at the end of the day, as ugly as performance as sometimes it can be, a point on the board is never a bad thing. So they can just move on, reset, uh, try and get a few things in place over the international break and then come back refreshed. Yeah, I mean, if there are any positives, it's, uh, I don't think many of their players are going to be going on international break this <laughs> this fortnight, yeah, given the performance levels for this season. So I think um, they'll have most of the squad. I think there's a couple of uh, guys, the Turkish defender in there will go off for international duty. But I think other than that, they'll have the whole team ready to go against Wolfsburg at home. Unbeaten Wolfsburg as well, so they're not going to be yeah. overly hopeful of getting the win there. But I mean, they've got to keep going. Every game's a new opportunity, and as I've said before, I do think it's the case if they can get that first win within the next four or five games, then I do think they can potentially just stay up based on like scrappy one nils or two ones. But I think the longer it goes without that win, I mean, it's closing down on a year now. It was January yeah. the last win. It's just. You can't imagine it, can you, really? You cannot imagine it. Okay, so enough about them. Let's move on to a really, really, a team that are having a brilliant season, by the way. Yeah, uh, Union Berlin, 5-0 against Armenia Bielefeld, who are sinking faster than a proverbial stone at the minute after a strong start with four points in their opening two games. They haven't picked up a single bean since then in the last five. But I think, I mean, let's focus mostly on Berlin in this because I think they were brilliant, weren't they? Max Kruse, I mean, as we both said that at the start of the season that he's having a great, he, he was a good signing, experience, quality in an in a attacking midfield slash striking position. I mean, obviously backing up the 3-1 win at Hoffenheim on Monday where he was brilliant again. I mean, this is just, uh, he's turning into a better signing than anyone could have expected, I think, Rory. 
Yeah, definitely. He, he's obviously come come on to um, run the show this weekend and and tear Arminia to pieces um, with with his play. Obviously, just neatly joining things up. Absolutely crucial in a lot of obviously the five goals and getting himself one from the penalty spot. Um, yeah, really impressive from from Union, who obviously had now pushed themselves right up into the mix in terms of European places. Um, so that's obviously going to be really exciting for their fans. Um, so long may that continue. Cruz's form is absolutely fantastic, supported well by uh, all his players and, and teammates. Obviously, uh, the debutant, um, I think it was Endo, who, who scored on his first start, but then went off injured. So that's a bit of a shame. Um, and they'll see, with it being 3-0 at half-time, you're pretty sure it's game over. Um, quite, I was quite shocked from uh, an Arminia point of view to have conceded so many. Um, the one thing that we've given given their, them credit for this season is usually being in the in the fight. Um, you know, like not not conceding too many goals, and, and unfortunately that has happened this weekend. Um, so that that will be a worry ultimately for them, and, and naturally their form is starting to dip a little bit, and they've. Now, unfortunately, been pulled into this uh, this bottom five kind of grouping that we're starting to see um, after these first seven games so far. That's obviously to be expected, and they'll at least be happy to have the first win on the board already. Um, again, it might be the case for Arminia, where an international break is quite welcome. It, they can obviously get get a bit of time themselves to to set themselves up again for being really hard to beat. Uh, get themselves in behind the ball, and then they can try and counter on teams and get get the odd goal. But yeah, from an Union perspective, like the sky's the limit. Really, they're playing really good football. They're they're up in the mix of the European places, and from their point of view, it's probably quite a shame the international breaks happened because obviously they've just scored eight goals in two games, only conceded one. Uh, and they're really starting to gather momentum, which can sometimes be halted and, and stalled by international breaks. So I think it's a bit of a bad thing for them, really, despite how well they're playing. So hopefully I'm wrong and they continue to to impress because I know, Mark, you're a big fan of theirs uh, already and you tip them for uh, to do really well, which is what they're now starting to do as they're settling into their football. Yeah. So, yeah, hopefully that can continue after the international break. Yeah, absolutely. Like, I think obviously I did tip them for sixth or seventh position, but I think, I mean, a lot of people would have thought I was crazy with that, but I'm just glad. I mean, this is the team that I expected, but, but I was just going to come to that. They're not the team that I expected because they're even better, actually. That's the reality. Like yeah. I, last season, they were more of a pragmatic kind of side. I mean, they were, they were very dangerous from set plays, but I mean, some of the goals are scoring at the minute, they're like open play. Like really good football, brilliant team moves, you know. Yeah. Like Cruiser is like, I mean, for me, he's been one of the players of the season in the whole Bundesliga so far. I mean, he got two assists, two brilliant assists as well as as well mm. as the penalty. I mean, yeah. a brilliant performance as well. His selflessness is fantastic as well. Like, I mean, most strikers, I mean, I don't know if you saw the game against Hoffenheim midweek, but it was... Um, like he went through one on one and he squared it to the running. A lot of if that was Mo Salah or someone like that, he would have taken the shot, no doubt about it. But I mean, he wanted to make sure that he got the three points. He's a real yeah. team player. But it's not only him. I mean, Trimmel at right back as well actually has one yeah. of the highest. That's over ten assists uh, in 2020. 
from fullback, yeah, for Union Berlin, like a great player as well. Like, and they've got quality all over the pitch, and some of the football they're playing is just fantastic, really. And even in in net, when they, when they need a keeper to make a save, not so much against Bielefeld, but the week before against Hoffenheim, I mean, Andreas Luter is making some really really good saves, and obviously they made a big signing, Loris Carius in uh in summer. He was kind of the big signing, really, and mm. he can't even get on the pitch. So I think yeah. that sums up how well they're doing this season. I think, I mean, if you're from the east side of Berlin at the moment, you're going to be absolutely loving life, really. <laughs> what one defeat all season. That was the first game as well. Yeah. The six unbeaten, and I think uh, three or four of them have been wins too. So it's, it's all going really, really well in the east side of Berlin. As for Armenia, I mean, it is, we all, we, I think everybody, Every single Bundesliga fan on the planet tipped them for bottom of the league this year, let's be honest. And I think now we are starting to see reasons why we tip them bottom. I mean, did they create really anything in this game? Maybe a couple of half chances, but not much at all. And the defence that was really kind of performing well at the start of the season is just... I don't think it's so much that the defence is bad, it's just that the teams that can carve them open, you know, they're not really making big mistakes but there's a lot of quality in this league, even from teams like Union and some of the teams that were predicted to finish lower in the league. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think Union, do you think Armenia can stay up or do you think it's starting to look a bit bleak for them at the minute with five defeats in a row? I mean, naturally, there's not many positives that you can take when, when you are on a streak like this. It is sometimes really hard to stop the rot. Um, so, like I said, sometimes you just need a bit of luck, um, whether it's something falling your way during a match or, like I said, whether it's just sometimes getting a bit of time uh, with your coaches, with your staff on uh, on the training pitch, like what might happen during an international break. Obviously, they they came came into the league as as newcomers and not obviously with not any real expectations other than trying to scrap for um, stop not to be relegated. So I think that they've got they certainly got qualities that no other team have. Um, they've got a lot of grit and battle about them, which which is obviously going to be key as this uh, season goes on. Um, so by far is it you know gloom and gloom and doom for for the club i'm sure i'm sure they'll be able to get back to their ways of being nice and tight and compact staying in games and, and being able to nick games on on the counter so i'm sure they'll uh, they'll be well in well in the race as, as the season goes on absolutely i think it, it does give the previous two teams minds and shout hope though i guess that they can at least make the relegation playoff yeah Okay, so that's the end of our our OTB's feature four. So let's just round up the other games as well quickly. So yeah, the Friday night game was another one-all draw. Friday night means one-all draws. You know, get your money on it for the next time. I think there's no <laughs> Friday night game after the the uh, internationals next week, but then there will be the week after. But yeah, I mean, this time it was obviously Werder Bremen v Cologne, a one-all draw. I think uh, Werder are turning into draw specialists, I think, Rory. They are a bit, yeah, it's another 1-1 draw for Werder. Um, it, yeah, I mean, certainly the first half was quite stale and didn't, didn't you know, really get going too, uh, too long. And that probably suited Cologne a bit more. They were able to just, you know, be a bit scrappy, you know, stay in the fight. And then, obviously, they take the lead from an excellent free kick from Duda, I believe it was, uh, which is then eventually put into his own net uh, by Moisander. 
um, which is pretty impossible not to. He was basically facing his goal and the ball's coming in with such pace and curl that it's pretty pretty hard to defend. So fantastic free kick from Duda. Um, from that point forward, obviously, it's all about trying to scrap and and fight to the death for those three points for, for the side. Unfortunately, they weren't able to do it. Um, obviously, Chong Verda comes on as a sub and makes... Uh, well, it's nice to see him come on and make a, a positive impact because he his uh, cross led to the handball, which was uh, given as a penalty, which is then converted by their talisman, Bittencourt. Um, and as that goal goes in, you're starting to worry for, for the away side if they can hold on, which they just about did. I know Bittencourt and I think Josh Sargent had a header right at the end, which he could have done better with. But yeah, just one of those games, 1-1. I mean, it's a bit coming a bit of an issue for Verda that they can't convert these games into wins. But um, from Cologne, uh, Cologne side uh, point of view, they'll take the point and move on. Yeah, definitely. I think Cologne will probably be the happier in the end. But I mean, as the game went, maybe until that, until they got the goal, they were probably just about the better side. But they do. They're another side that need to get that first win. But I'm not quite as worried for worried for Cologne as I am for some of these other sides. Uh, the previous three sides you mentioned, Mainz, Schalke and Bielefeld, I think at the moment out of the kind of bottom four or five, I'd say they had, I've just seen enough in them to think that they might mm-hmm. just get a few wins and stay up. Yeah. Yep. Okay, so moving on to the Saturday games, a brilliant, we, we always mentioned that uh, Hertha Berlin are a much better away side. I mean, it was a 3-0 win for them away in Augsburg, who started the season well. I mean, it was mm-hmm. a good performance too. I think nobody can really doubt that they, that they deserve the three points. Obviously, yeah. it took the penalty, which was a clumsy challenge from the Augsburg defender, but it was definitely yeah. a penalty. I mean, after that, it was cruise control, really, from uh, Herter, and they played. I mean, it was a good, good away performance. You know, they played a lot on the counter-attack, a couple of mm-hmm. good goals on the counter. I mean, it was a really, really comfortable win. They're not going to get a more easy win than that this season, you know. I mean, 10 shots against five away from home. Yeah. It was uh, also Piatek getting that goal at the end of the game. That was really important as well because he he was maybe one of their biggest signings in a number of years, to be honest, Piatek. Mm-hmm. The former yeah. AC striker. And I think uh, he's not really made the kind of uh, impact that people might have imagined since joining the club. But, I mean, that is a big goal for them. Yeah, did, did you catch much of that one, Rory? Yeah, I think, as we said, it is one of those where, where Hurtis seem to be a lot more comfortable playing away from home. So they're, again, able to enjoy another good away day victory uh, against what have been uh, a good a good team so far this season in terms of quick starters with Augsburg, um, who just haven't quite hit their straps last couple of games. Um, so, yeah, Piatek getting on the score sheet for the first time this season is quite important for them, I think. Uh, certainly from a mental point of view from the striker, it, it certainly t- it takes that pressure off a little bit and he can take a lot of confidence from it. Um, and then, yeah, just moving forward for them, it, it pushes Herter in the right direction. They were they were flirting around with, with the bottom three a little bit. Um, so that win pushes them in the right direction. Um, no massive disaster for Augsburg, who are sitting comfortably in mid-table. 
Yeah, I was never really worried for Hedger. I think they're a good side. And it was just a case of getting that statement win, and I think that's it. Yeah, I think away from home, they're a really capable side, but they've got to start playing well at the Olympia Stadium because if you don't win, if you're so bad at home, then you can't really finish above that kind of bottom five or six, really. And I think that's the next test for them. Okay, so moving on to another 3-0 win, but this time a home win. I think nobody's really surprised at this one. Leipzig thrashing, really, Freiburg 3-0 at home. Very, very easy Saturday afternoon stroll in the park, really, for Freiburg. Yeah, uh, sorry for Leipzig, obviously, not Freiburg. Yeah, <laughs> uh, Obviously, yeah, I mean, on the back of so many games, obviously, back-to-back -back, uh, three weeks in a row European games and some away travel as well do you think this is a good uh very uh confident performance from leipzig rory yeah like you mentioned it obviously they're they're having to back it up uh twice a week which is very difficult um and might not as well be particularly used to doing that it's quite quite a demanding thing on teams and it stretches teams especially in terms of squad depth um, but yeah, this particular game suited them down to the grounds. I think they hit the post a couple of times before taking the lead eventually, and then the Sabitzer penalty kills the game. And then uh, again, we have to have to mention Angelino, who scored an absolute worldie of a free kick, absolute fantastic strike, top bins. Um, he, I mean, he's got to be up there with one of the signings of the season as well. From from left back, I think he's got three goals in the league and two in the Champions League. For, I mean, for strictly speaking, a left back, I know he doesn't play like a traditional one. Um, he's been superb. So, yeah, great day at the office for them. Keeps them within two points of the leaders by Munich and they can go into the international break very satisfied and will enjoy a little bit of a rest if any of their players aren't on international duty, that is. Yeah, and as for Freiburg, it is getting a little bit worrying, I think. I think it's like, obviously, they lost a few key players, uh, similar to Union Berlin, but they've not really replaced them this season. That's the problem. And I think they started off okay, but I think the last two or three performances have been short of quality, really. And I think, obviously, now it is 14th place, six points from seven games. It is start I wouldn't say they need to be overly worried, because I, they're still better at the moment than four or five other teams in the league. But I think... Yeah, they're definitely looking like a side that could potentially slip into that dogfight. Maybe not quite time to worry because they have played, uh, obviously, Leverkusen and Leipzig, who are two of that top five the last two weeks. But, I mean, away from home particularly, they don't really create chances, let alone score goals. And I think that is a bit of a concern, especially in the Bundesliga, where you need to score goals, really, because goals are like the, the life and breath of the Bundesliga, really, you know? Mm-hmm. Okay, so moving on to another. To be honest, this game, I mentioned to Rory before we started the show today. I mean, for me, this was arguably the game of the weekend. I mean, this was a really entertaining game of football. Uh, Stuttgart versus uh, Frankfurt ending in a 2 all draw. But, I mean, how did Stuttgart not win the game? You know, they go 2-0 up. My man, Gonzalo Castro, who, again, I mentioned Max Cruiser earlier in the season. He's been one of my players of the season this year, the veteran, really. The Bundesliga veteran played previously for Leverkusen and uh, Dortmund for a couple of years, too. But, I mean, is it getting to the point, is it getting a bit worrying for Stuttgart? They're playing so well at the moment, every game, but they're not really getting enough wins, Rory. Uh, yeah, I was just about to touch on that, actually. You make a very good point, Mark, about... 
I mean, I've been full of praise for Stuttgart so far this season. Really enjoy the way they play football. And it's, every game that they play is really entertaining. They're usually fast starters in the game, which, of course, they were again this weekend, getting themselves a 2-0 lead. Um, should have been 3-4. It could have been anything if they'd taken their chances. But, yeah, as you mentioned, they've been pegged back again. Um, I think it's their fourth draw now out of the seven games. Obviously, they've got some wins in there as well. Um, but if they had converted those, those you know, say two of those draws into wins like they should have done this weekend, that's an extra four points that they've been missing out on. Um, hopefully it doesn't come back to, you know, come back to haunt them later on the season if they get dragged further down the league. The way that they're playing now doesn't make me think that will happen. I think they'll be really comfortable. Um, like you say, superb, superbly led by Castro. Gonzalez, their playmaker, has been playing really well in the last couple of games. He's got himself a couple of goals and got himself an assist with Castro's goal. Um, it is just about having that killer instinct at the top level of football, which they're now obviously having to adjust to again. Uh, I think they hit the bar and a couple of other chances, which would, you know, it should have made it 3 0 and then. Ultimately, you know, there's quality in Frankfurt. So Andre Silva, of course, bagging from a good cutback. Uh, and then they're just eventually pulled back in for, for a 2-2 draw. But yeah, it's a hard game to summarise really quickly for us. Because again, like we said, all these games this weekend have been absolutely top-notch. So credit to both teams for contributing to a really good game of football. Yeah, I think it's a case of, like, I mean, performance-wise, Stuttgart, I mean, it couldn't have gone better, literally. For me, the first seven games performance-wise, I think, in all apart from one of those games, have been the better side. Like, that's what we're looking at now. I mean, Stuttgart, both of us had them down. I think I put them third from bottom this season, actually, or even second from bottom. And I, I didn't fancy the look of them at all, to be honest. But, I mean, they've been really good. Like really going forward, but I do think defensively they fight, they concede goals from like set plays. The last two weeks yeah. that's happened actually now, yeah. They've obviously against Schalke last week they, they dominated that game as well, but conceded from the set play. And then this week as well, I mean that is some of the marking is a bit dodgy. If there's anything that they can improve on, it's definitely defending from set plays because I mean it's careless to play so well to create so many chances and then to keep giving goals away from like headers off corners and things. It's a bit disappointing because it's it's not that as a defensive side you are the favourite when you're clearing a corner, you know, and you've got to mm -hmm. kind of um, they should be able to do a bit better really from the defending from corners, I think. But it's uh, but all in all, you know, and again Stuttgart they've got a lot of fight in that team. I still don't think we've seen the best of Stuttgart this season. Not Stuttgart, Frankfurt. Yeah, I don't mm. think we've seen the best of Frankfurt this season. But I mean. As you say, the advantage for them is that they have got Andre Silva and Bazdos like creating chances and going close. And especially Silva has been really good this season. I think they have to start games a bit faster though over Frankfurt because they do seem to be coming out of the blocks a bit slowly. But yeah, very good game again. Can't really fault either team in this in this match overall. So uh, finally, actually, the, the last game was another. I mean, the fact that this is the last game is really harsh, to be honest. <laughs> it is. It's our it's our favourite team for the last um, the last match. It's our Sunday specialist. It was Wolfsburg two, Hoffenheim one. I mean, really, really good game this one, Rory. Yeah, it was. Yeah, I mean, again, it's a it's a good win for Wolfsburg. They carry on their their good form. They're kind of stumbling into good form now, um, and and obviously they're 
you know, they're getting their rewards and, and looking a lot better in terms of the league table as well. Um, obviously, they get get themselves off the mark with with Stefan with, with a good a good goal which was overturned by VAR. Um, I thought a lot of the VAR decisions this weekend again were very succinct and very very well done. Um, and then obviously Veghorst makes it two um, 0 with a bit of a goal mouse scramble after he's played through uh, on goal. And then it's just kind of starting to peter out a little bit as it's two nil and then absolute carnage in the last five minutes of this game. So as Veghorst then steps up to take a penalty for Wolfsburg after some terrible defending by Hoffenheim, um, he then puts it wide for then Hoffenheim to go up the other end and score a goal from some very questionable defending by Brooks at the other end for Wolfsburg. So it makes it a game on. Ad I am, Ad Mayan, I think that's how you pronounce it, scored to make it 2 1. And then drama right at the end again, Maximilian Arnold shoving his hand in the air for whatever reason, absolutely bone stupid, really. Like putting his team in that position as well. Um, looked like. Uh, Hoffenheim are going to get themselves a creditable draw and then it's saved. The penalty is saved right at the end. Brilliant save by the keeper to keep it 2-1. Uh, and then what probably isn't captured in some of the games which I saw live uh, was that there potentially could have been another penalty to Hoffenheim really late on, which wasn't looked at by VAR, which I found quite strange. Um, and the game obviously was, was then finished. So Wolfsburg get away with one. But yeah, drama to the last um and as you said it's a it's not obviously we can't give it enough credit because it's our last game but it was absolutely fantastic drama right at the end of the sea uh, at the end of the game so good win for for Wolfsburg uh Hoffenheim's form in Europe's really good but they're starting to slide down the table a little bit now in the Bundesliga which is uh what might be a little bit of a worry yeah, again, I think with Hoffenheim, it, it, it's just it's the Thursday night, Sunday thing. You know, I think the performances aren't bad, but it's just things aren't going for them at the moment. It, even against, I mean, against Union on Monday, they had tons of chances. But I mean, the keeper was inspired that game for Union. And then this week, obviously, they missed the penalty. Then yeah. perhaps he could have another penalty deep into stoppage time. They could easily have come away with a point in the end today. Although Wolfsburg will feel that they should have been comfortably closing that one out with five minutes to go. But yeah. Great game, yeah. So, yeah, that rounds up a brilliant, like, mesmerising week of football. Yeah, I hope you all enjoyed it, and I hope you enjoyed our analysis. Absolutely. So we're going to move on to our prediction segment, and we'll go through that nice and speedily, as obviously we've taken up a lot of our time going through the match analysis. So we're going to be going on to our new and latestly titled segment, Petrie, so that's me, Petrie and Pundits Predict. So I'll be running through our predictions for next weekend, which I'll see in a couple of weeks' time. Um, so the first game that is going to be happening on the Saturday afternoon, which will be the 21st November, is Borussia Mönchengladbach hosting FC Augsburg, which I believe is going to be a 3-1 home win. Uh, see Borussia Mönchengladbach just being too strong. Mark, your prediction for this one? Yeah, I've gone 2-0 home win, Gladbach win. Yeah, very good. Uh, and then there's... A uh, home game for Hoffenheim. They're hosting VFB Stuttgart. Uh, again, I, I've really enjoyed the way Stuttgart started this season and Hoffenheim just signed to struggle a little bit. So I'm saying what might be a shock, 2-1 away win to VFB Stuttgart. Mark? 
Yeah, I've gone for a two-all draw. Again, I think this could be a really, really open game. If, if any betting men out there, then I'd go for a, a, a score, like over 3.5 goals there for me. Very Two good. Goals. Yeah, um, and then Bayern Munich are hosting Werder Bremen. I think the uh, the trend of one-all draws might come to an end here. I'm saying 3-0 to Bayern Munich. Yeah, I'm going for 4-0 there. 4-0 Bayern. Yeah. Of course. Uh, a couple of other afternoon games on the Saturday will be uh, Armenia Beifeld hosting Bayer Leverkusen. Based on the form of both teams at the moment, can't see anything but an away win, saying 3-1 to Leverkusen. Yeah, I'm, I agree with you totally. I've gone for 3-1 as well. It doesn't get any easier for Bielefeld, does it? No, not at all. Uh, then the final afternoon game on the Saturday is Schalke hosting Wolfsburg. Um Wolfsburg obviously seems to be hitting a bit of form, whether it's, you know, they're kind of stumbling into it a little bit. So I'm saying 2-1 away win uh, for Wolfsburg. Mark? Wow, I've also gone for a two. Great minds think alike, as it says. Well, yeah, I've really? also gone for a 2-1 away win there for Wolfsburg. I just think Wolfsburg have got more quality than Schalke. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, then there's a uh, early evening kickoff between Frankfurt and RB Leipzig, which should be a quite entertaining game by all accounts. Um, so I'm saying it's going to be a 2-2 draw. I reckon RB might drop some points this, well, next weekend. Yeah, I've actually gone for a 2-1 Frankfurt home win. I just think Frankfurt like these kind of games. And I, I do, as you know, I think Leipzig in these kind of big games away from home, they struggle a little bit. So I'm going to go for a 2-1 Frankfurt win. Very good. And then we've got Saturday evening kickoff as well, which is Hertha Berlin hosting Borussia Dortmund. Based on the fact that Hertha don't really seem to click at home, I'm saying Dortmund 2-1 away win. Yeah, I've gone for a 2-0. I mean, I just can't see uh, Hertha stopping Dortmund at home. Of course. Then moving on to what will be our Sunday afternoon games, we've got Freiburg, uh, Freiburg hosting FC Mines, uh, FV Mines, uh, and I'm saying it will be a one-one draw. Both clubs obviously struggling at the moment, so yeah, saying one-one, not a classic. Yeah, this is another six-pointer for Mines. Really, they need to get that win. But I'm actually going to go for a two-one Freiburg win. I've just got a feeling that we'll see the old-school Freiburg this week. Well, next week. Very good. And then the final game of that weekend will be match day eight. Will be Cologne hosting Union Berlin. And I believe that the away side will come away with the three points. 2-1, I am thinking. Mark, what's your prediction for this last game? Yeah, I, I've gone for a one-all draw, actually, in that game. I, I do think it's... Uh, I've seen enough from Cologne to think that things are getting a bit better. And I think... Uh, like, I think uh, Union will still be happy with a one-all draw on the back of two great, well, three great results, really. Good stuff. So we'll just start to round up the show now, and we're going on to our fun fact, which we have now renamed and retitled Bundesliga Fakten mit Rory. So for all of you who are not completely fluent in German, that also stands for Bundesliga Facts with Rory, myself. So a couple of facts and stats for you for this weekend. They're of a der classiker nature. Um, so the first one is that Robert Lewandowski has now bagged 17 goals in 13 games against his former club. He really is the scourge of Dortmund. That is really haunting stats. Um, 
and absolutely very impressive by the striker. Uh, and then on to another striker, uh, Marco Royce has scored his eighth goal now against Bayern Munich in the Bundesliga. So that's a very impressive record. And his 129th Bundesliga goal, which takes him to 24th on the all-time top scorers chart in the Bundesliga. So that's very impressive from the Bundesliga man himself as well. So that's it for Bundesliga fact and Mitt Rory for this weekend. So that kind of wraps us up for this weekend. Uh, it's been a nice, enjoyable show. Uh, it's been another long one because there's been so much to talk about, so much to enjoy this weekend. Uh, so it's been absolutely fantastic to talk through it with Mark as per usual. Um, so please, if you are watching on YouTube Alvin, and you have enjoyed the show and enjoyed the Bundesliga this week, please do subscribe to our YouTube channel uh, and click the big red button. We'll be here every weekend throughout the season reviewing everything that goes on. So please do get involved. And if you're listening on an audio uh, platform, please do drop us a subscribe and leave us a rating and a review. Uh, Mark, do you want to finish things off? Absolutely. Yeah. So remember, uh, as Rory said, it's been a brilliant weekend of Bundesliga action. If you if you haven't had enough of your football fix for this weekend, uh, please check out our Twitter. We have tons of articles and brilliant stuff related to the beautiful game. And we also have uh, our website as well, which you can check out links to our YouTube Remember to subscribe and check us out on there. Also, check out the League One show, which I debuted on last week, by the way. So, yeah, you've got to give us a like and give us a check out there as well. But, yeah, I mean, it's been, a, for me, the best weekend of the season this weekend. I'm still buzzing over it, to be honest. So, yeah, I yeah. hope you guys enjoyed our show. And we'll see you again in two weeks after the break. So, Indeed. Thank you. And see you next time. Say, Germany, tschüss.